Welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast and it's great to have a great couple of weeks of Super Rugby under our belt and some great rugby to come and to take us all through it today. It's a very, very good afternoon to Fox Sports commentator, former Wallaby World Cup winner, Rod Kafer. Kafe, how are you? Swanee, I'm very good, mate. Everything's going just rosy with the rugby back on now. Yeah, isn't it going well? And it's also really great to have on our guest today, our very special guest from the Brumbies, Tom Wright. Tom, how are you? Thanks for joining us today on the Fox Rugby Podcast. No, absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm travelling really well. Um, Obviously, coming back down from a good win on the weekend, which is always good. So, um, yeah, looking forward for the weekend now. Yeah, and uh, it's been a frosty morning down there in Canberra, I believe. Have you been out on the training paddock today? Yeah, mate. Uh, always a little bit frosty in the morning. Some mornings are a little bit colder than others. Um, but by about 9am, usually the sun's been out for a while and thawed out the field. And um, yeah, uh, boys are boys are never too happy early in the morning. But as I said, once the uh, once the sun warms things up, boys are a little bit a little bit chirpier, a little bit happier. So, Tom, how have you found that transition? I remember when you signed with the Brumbies, you got down there. I think we were chatting once on the field about your first time sort of having to get things organised around the house, buying groceries, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Everything good now? You're settled in? Yeah, mate, plenty of practice. Um, she, the, the partner puts me to good work, so often uh, find me up at Woolworths, um, running around like a headless chook, so um, <laughs> starting to figure out where things are a little bit better now. And, um, yeah, obviously settled in uh, really, really quickly at the Brumbies, which made life at home really easy too. Hey, have, you, have you sorted out the roundabouts down there, mate? Oh, mate, I'm pretty fortunate. I only live um, just across the road from training in Lawson. So I only have a two and a half minute car ride to training um, each morning and then each afternoon. So uh, I don't get too far uh, during the week outside of, outside of the commute for, to and from work. But um, other than that, yeah, I get around to see a few of the boys. But we all live pretty close, which is, um, which is one of the good things about you know, a place like Canberra. So um, the traffic compared to, compared to Sydney, which I used to call home, is... Uh, is uh, chalk and cheese. Hey, Tom, when, when you sort of signed down at the Brumbies, you'd obviously spent some time playing, came out of school at Joey's, went and, and spent some time there at the Sea Eagles, um, signed with the Brumbies, and Dan McKellar was very keen to sort of have a look at you as a maybe a 10, maybe a 12, and you played a little bit of 12 early on, but now really found your home on the wing in some ways. Um, you know, how have you found that transition from schoolboy through league and now into professional rugby? Yeah, I think um, regardless of where I, um, just putting aside the code that I came out of school and joined, um, I think um, it was a massive learning curve in terms of going from, um, you know, schoolboy football where, you know, you're, I dare say call it part-time, obviously, in training just in the afternoon and stuff. And um, I think going into a professional environment straight away where obviously Manly gave me that opportunity was, uh, was something that uh, prepared me for um, what I hope to have. Um, from an early age in, a, in terms of a long, a long football career. Um, but um, going into a full-time environment, uh, as I said, regardless of the code, really really prepared me for what was going to come. Um, and then obviously, I uh, really enjoyed my three years there at Manly. Got to, uh, got to play some NRL football after coming out of my under-20s career. And then um, obviously the opportunity, as I said, came up to, to join the Brumbies. And um, that was something that obviously growing up playing both codes was, uh, was something that I obviously really really had at the top of my list and um, yeah coming down obviously with the goal of um, just playing super rugby and trying to find my way into a into a pretty established team uh, with a hell of a lot of international experience and 
um, that were they were that close the year before I joined um, from coming into a finals berth and um, yeah obviously through last year we were, as I said we were, we were that close again um, over in Argentina going over there and uh, sort of back against the wall with travel and all that sort of stuff and I learned a whole lot through the year um, playing a couple of different positions that you touched on earlier just 12 sort of early through the year and then um, sort of throughout the back end of the year got a couple of opportunities to play um, in some wider channels and um, come on in the back half of a few games and try to make an impact and um, sitting down towards the end of last year got to um, have a really honest conversation with Dan, Laurie and Pete about obviously opportunities that were going to come up with guys like Henry leaving. Um, obviously there was other guys like Christian that opened a few doors for a lot of young guys to step into some big shoes there. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, um, just we had, a, as I said, a really open conversation about potential positional change or opportunities if I wanted to take them. And I was, yeah, um, really excited about the opportunity of um, trying to fill the big shoes of someone like Henry Spate, for example. Um, and then took a lot of confidence going into an NRC campaign where I um, got to uh, try to do that transition in, in, some, in some sort of, uh, obviously, the national comp and then took a lot of confidence going into our um, the start of Super Rugby before the lockdown this year. and Yeah, feeling really comfortable now, mate. I was going to say, um, you know, no Noah Lolo this week and for a few weeks is is fly half on the cards at all because you were a 5'8 playing, um, you know, schoolboy rugby and a 5'8 in league and then and schoolboy rugby, you played a lot of 10? Uh, yeah, as much as I'd like to slot in there, it's... Uh, not as easy as that, mate. Unfortunately, we've got a mate. We've got a hell of a lot of talent here. Um, Bailey, Bailey, pardon me. We'll do a really good job this week, man. He's um he's been biting at the heels of Noah and um, the last few weeks, and um, they've obviously done done the apprenticeship under Christian last year, for example. So, um, mate, we've got no shortage of tens at the moment, and uh, I know that Bailey will, will step into the shoes. And obviously, it's really unfortunate how the opportunities come up for him, uh, but nonetheless. Um, the opportunity just to take it by the by both uh, with both hands um, will give him give him a lot of confidence this week as as an, as a backline um, and just yeah just feed him feed him with confidence. Well, it was a much better performance last week from the Waratahs against you. Um, mm. You know maybe some things in the Brumbies game didn't quite go to plan. Tell us about those last few minutes where you you know you managed to control the ball probably for the last five, six minutes of that game, multiple phases, and then, you know, presenting an opportunity for Isaac to score that winning try. Just talk us through those last few minutes. What's going through your mind? How are you managing um, or, or how's the team managing those situations? Yeah, it was one of those games that you touched on really frustrating through a lot of the patches there. Um, we couldn't really get on um, nearly anything that we that we trained for and that we, that we worked really hard during the week for. Um, and then, yeah, you coming down to those sort of, you, know, you call it crunch time, I suppose, the last 10 to 15 minutes of, of games where you talk about closing out games. Um, but in, in our case this week, it was, it was us trying to control a bit of possession, get down into, into some A-zone attack. And um, for us, it, w- it was controlling the ball through, through our big guys, through our, through our, through our tight five and uh, through our, get, trying to get some, back row, some of our back row, some one-on-one opportunities. Um, and then, as you touched on, once we got down into that field position and um, got some opportunities for our big guys to get some front football, front football, and then the impact of Finesy, uh, mate, he's electric. He's one of the quickest in the side. So a little bit of unstructured footy for him was just eyes lighting up and um, trying to find some tired bodies through the middle of the field there. 
and then before you know it, yeah, we, we just took the opportunity that arose. And um, I dare say if we had a few more of those throughout the game, uh, we potentially are looking at closing out a game as opposed to having to chase our tail. Um, but then we, on the back of Fonzie scoring, we did a really good job. Um, we, had, we really had to reward our forwards there uh, for the work that they did trying to get us to try by then closing out the game off the kickoff and um, obviously securing a, securing a really hard-fought win for us. That would make the uh, the bus trip home a lot a lot kinder for you because you have to do the trip all in one day at the moment. What does that do for you? That type of win do for your confidence as a team? Oh, it's absolutely huge, mate. As, as I said, you know the the one point falls either way. There, we, we lose a game. We're obviously absolutely shattered, and um, yeah, four hours on the bus home is uh, is a lot happier when you're taking the two points with you as opposed to leaving them in the Waratah shed. So um, yeah, you touch on. Uh, the up and back in one day. Um, obviously, we use it um, again this week when we travel up to Leichhardt and play the force, but um, it's absolutely no excuse uh, for poor performances, uh, not being ready, uh, recovery this week, getting off a, you know, a long bus trip straight after the game and all that sort of stuff. Um, because we know throughout the comp, the team, all teams are going to have to come up with it at some stage of the season. So, um, yeah, touching on again, Bringing the two points on the bus with you makes it up for a lot happier trip. The speaker was on and boys were, uh, boys were happy to chew the fat on the way home as opposed to the headphones straight on and everyone sort of just head in their hands a little bit, mate. Hey, Tom. Um, apart from the cold down in Canberra being, um, you know, away from Sydney, what, what's been the toughest stuff, toughest thing for you to integrate into, into either the Brumbies or... Um, coming from league again and playing union, what's been really difficult? What are you still working on? Yeah, definitely still working on many things, mate, in, a, in terms of a football perspective. Um, obviously, a lot of the physicality stuff around the breakdown is something that uh, is something that I'll continue to work on and it'll be probably a work on for many years to come for me in terms of uh, breakdown physicality, breakdown, uh, the intricacies around, obviously, groundwork, carrying the ball in and um, yeah. obviously... There's been a few rule changes um, with the Super Rugby AU in terms of them trying to uh, reward the tackle tackler and then uh, the tackle contest. So we've had to tweak a few things and I'm sure you can imagine Laurie is absolutely all over it, mate, watching thousands of hours worth of footage and he doesn't miss a beat, uh, which is something that um, is a huge bonus for us when we've got an assistant coach who's as dedicated and loves the game as much as him. Mm. Uh, but outside of footy, mate, I think um, the, the, the tightness of our group uh, makes it really easy for guys to come from interstate, overseas, um, even just out of school. Like we have, we have so many young guys here that come straight into a full-time environment, and I try to put myself in their shoes and think, you know, what was I feeling in this or whatever. And um, so the the stuff outside of footy um, is sort of taken care of by by the squad itself. And uh, obviously, we you know we talk about within the four walls about having a really family-built environment and um, having guys we've got a few guys with kids and all that sort of stuff so uh, we're really familiar with a lot of the players and even the staff's kids that are running around tra- not so much lately obviously but prior to the to the lockdown we had you know kids running around training and uh, we had uh, plenty of stuff in terms of um, sort of social gatherings where we just you know just a barbecue or something where uh, families are in and uh, as, as I'm sure you can attest to mate where when 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 home's happy, training's a lot better. You know, you, you, you come sure. into training fresh and um, you've you got a whole lot less to worry about. You know, going home, uh, when things can be a little bit frantic, it can take your mind off where, where you want to be in terms of your headspace around football and stuff. So 
I think uh, the club does a really good job of, of that here. And when, when guys are coming in, making sure to settle them in properly and uh, they know that they can then reap the rewards around their football. Tom, when uh, you just spoke then about uh, having school kids and, and guys straight out of school into your Brumby system, you had to do that yourself, but you went to, to league. Uh, how, how did you deal with the pressure of being uh, a school a schoolboy uh, talent and then having to go into a professional environment and then and then um, and then try to succeed after that how, how did you deal with that pressure well I didn't see it as a lot of pressure to be fair I, I saw it as just a massive opportunity like I turned up to my first day of preseason obviously in a, as I said, as you touched on in a different code but um, albeit a uh, very similar scenario to what a lot of guys would be doing here for example like um, so I turned up to training and I, I was then watching guys on TV a few months only earlier and I turned up to preseason and they, they were sort of my teammates, for example, part of the same squad as what I was. Um, so for me, I was, I was a little bit starstruck for a while. I was the, you know, the new fish in the pond sort of thing, and, you know, the tadpole and a um, few rookie duties got thrown around and you quickly, you quickly learn uh, where, where you are in the pecking order. Um, but very similar to the change room here downstairs. You know, we had, for example, Rajan Pasatoa come up. Uh, I've come down, pardon me, from Naji, And um, he's very fortunate that he's come with his family. So he's very settled in, in, in his home life. But coming in here, obviously not knowing um, nearly anyone. Um, but then, as I touched on earlier, with the whole family environment, we've, we've had his family in many times, uh, made him very comfortable, made his parents very comfortable. Um, and then you, you quickly have to transition from, some of these players being your idols or, or people that you look up to, to then being your teammate and then trying to have to find the line between still being starstruck, but also having honest and tough conversations or um, having locker room chat, for example, with guys who, who you've looked up to for X amount of years. You know, I touched on when I got here about Christian, for example, I watched Christian growing up for many years playing, playing football. So um, yeah, it's, it is a little bit difficult for a few weeks there or maybe even a month, depending on, you know, people's personalities and stuff. But, um, yeah, you quickly, you quickly take a lot of enjoyment out of it because um, you, they're not always the people that you expect them to be. You know, a, lot of, a lot of the time, these people have been around these environments and, and they're very willing to give you their time, um, give, you their, give you their thoughts around football and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it quickly changes your perspective on it. The reason I ask is because the big news today is around that Joseph Suwali who, you know, could turn his back on a big league contract to go to a really, really big rugby contract. Um, you know, that, that kind of pressure, that kind of money that we're talking about uh, for, a, for a 16-year-old kid, you know, that must be hard to, to deal with or, or, or isn't it? Is, that's sort of my question, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, well, I was I wasn't out in the paper getting reported on uh, on a handful of millions, so I can't can't speak on his behalf in terms of the the, the, the money factor. Um, but I can only imagine that, that that's putting a hell of a lot of pressure on a, a young kid. Shot I, I read in the paper or in the article that he he's, he's still sixteen, like that is very very young for a for a, for the papers or for any, even just the pressure on his shoulders, you know. So. Um, I hope that he really deals with that in a really positive way. Um, but yeah, I, I can't, I, I wish I could shed a little bit more light on it, but I, I can't, unfortunately. Okay, if I'll ask you then, uh, is, I'm going to play a little game called The Price is Right. $3 million is the price right for a young kid that age. Well, look, um, whether it's the right price or not, I, I know Joseph personally, my 
kids played with him. Um, I, I coached against Joseph once in the, um, you know, the under-14s. He was playing for a Beecroft team. I had the boys out there for Chatswood. And I can tell you, when you see a kid at that age who you can instantly recognise is one of the best talents you've ever seen in my nearly 50 years of watching rugby, let's say. I've seen a few games and I've seen some talent. And this kid is absolutely special. He's a generational player and they come along every now and again. And we've seen it through the years, the greats come along and they get recognised very early, whether that's in any sport. The young ones, are, you can see them. And I saw this kid as a 13-year-old and realised that he was absolutely something special. Um, irrespective of what the cost is, they only come along every so often. And, and signing the great players, you can literally win many, many things into the future. I hope that rugby's a good enough opportunity for him. He's got plenty of different opportunities. He, can, he could choose whatever he liked, whether it was basketball, rugby league, or rugby union. He's got some talent. But a terrific kid, nice family. Um, we've had him out to Wallaby training in the past. Um, he's, he's certainly been around. He's a, he's, a, he's a great human being, and I genuinely wish him the best, whatever decision he takes. And it's not easy, of course, as a, as a young man with all of that sort of pressure, but he handles it very, very well. That's good to know. And I mean, Tom, you came through the GPS pathway, which Joseph is coming through also, and then had to make that decision between league and union yourself. How hard was that to do? Yeah, it was. I uh, touched on it a little bit earlier around the opportunity to, to go into a full-time system and um, obviously leaving school at the time in 2015, was it was rolling into an Olympic year, obviously. And uh, that, that were obviously a couple of things that I had to weigh up and um, to think about, um, but yeah, there there is a little bit of a uh, little bit of pressure once you fall into that uh, the Australian schools competition where you versus the other states and stuff, and there's managers running around left, right, and centre telling you things, and obviously there a lot of the time there are things that you want to hear, and uh, they're not usually telling you the things that are a bit tougher to, to listen to. So um, yeah, that 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 obviously that competition is is the highest in the country, I dare say, and. Um, Obviously, there's a fair few kids that come out of it most years into into the Australian school side, and um, obviously he's going to be another one that's going to probably at the top of the list for for a few Asians out there. And I just hope that he he has the right people in his ear, um, sort of giving him giving him advice on a lot of the good things. But then obviously there are things that are a little bit harder to hear sometimes, and um, just yeah around that sort of stuff. I just hope he has the right people in his ear, giving him a little bit of direction too. Hey Tom, your Tell, tell me a little bit about your goals and the things that you want to achieve. Of course, it's, it's always going to be, and you ask players this, and I know as a former player, you always say, oh, you know, you want to stay humble, all those sort of things, but you'll have aspirations and the things that you want to do. Um, Wallaby selection is always at the top of the tree for everyone. You mentioned a couple of things that you've got to get better at um, around your contact skills. Um, when, when you think about the long-term plan for you, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? And what does it look like, mate? Give me the picture. Well, for me, obviously, I really want to stay in Australian rugby for, for many years, to be fair with you. This is obviously somewhere that I've called home and growing up, the, you know, Saturday mornings, you go play football, you run around, sausage roll, rah, rah, go watch the older boys play. You come home, shower up, maybe a Domino's pizza if you're lucky and you, you, you're locked in. Well, the Wallabies, <laughs> mate, you've just the Wallabies had my, are on. You've got my two favourite food groups there, mate. Sausage <laughs> See, roll exactly, and pizza. Mate. So, Mate, so, so growing up, that, that was that was the bee's knees for me, you know, that the family's on, on the couch and we're locked in, the Wallabies are playing. So you touch on, obviously, the goal of 
um, to, to, to one day hopefully wear that jersey. And um, I know there's things I've still got to continue to do, like touched on around, you know, the sort of the, the breakdown area and the physicality and wide breakdowns and stuff like that. And uh, they're things that I'm continually working on. Um, but yeah, it's staying in the game, um, obviously with all the uncertainty around at the moment, is, uh, is something that's, um, yeah, obviously it's been up in the air and every, a lot of people are talking about it and throwing shade um, to Oz Rugby. But uh, I think there's a lot of good things going on at the moment um, in our game that uh, a lot of people don't, don't mention. Um, but yeah, so as you touched on, the top of the list obviously is, is that gold jersey, but before that comes winning the comp and um, so working on my areas to ideally uh, get that jersey and earn that spot um, in the team one day would uh, is at the top of the list and then um, all the things around, you know, uh, competition structure and stuff as players, that's completely out of our hands. So that's something that we can't control, unfortunately, but um, yeah, just get continually playing at the moment is something that really excites the group. So I think people take away that. Obviously, yeah, boys, boys all coming to say hello here. <laughs> couple hey, Phil hey, Al. Couple of the jokers in the team. Just boys. Hey, Al. Boy, boys bringing my lunch in. Um, yeah, a, perfect. Yeah, garden, garden salad. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the front row, eh? Bringing the lunch in. No it's got to be dominant. Come on. <laughs> no, I think the boys have a family box between them, but that's been a bit light this morning. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, I, as a touch on that, staying in the game, um, as in all this uncertainty and stuff, um, I I, I'll touch on it again. Like a lot of people, you know, throwing a lot of negative comments the game's way, but don't often see like a lot of the, the positive or the, the, you know, the brighter side of things. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, touching on it again in terms of, you know, I want to, I want the game to get back to where it was when I was growing up. Like, mm. That's one of the things that, and as a player, I, I, I want to be a part of the change of people's perce uh, perceptions and um, ideally getting the game back to, um, you know, like, you know, in terms of, you know, where the media put it, you know, we, we continually have been falling off, falling a little bit further down the, down the ladder in, the, in, you know, maybe the last five to ten years, for example. Um, and obviously the stuff coming out about New Zealand, uh, New Zealand rugby potentially not showing us the respect that we probably deserve as a, as a football, football country uh, was a little bit disappointing. But as players, the only thing that we can do is, is, um, is play good football and challenge them at an international level to, to then get ourselves back up on a pedestal where we, where we have a little bit of power and, um, and, yeah, a little bit of bargaining power, I suppose, at the table. Get us back on the back pages, mate. That's where we need to be in rugby. Exactly. For, hey, Tom, for all the right reasons. Exactly. For all the right reasons. That's exactly right. Um, the Western Force, you guys have got the Western Force this weekend. Back on the bus to Leichhardt Oval. The inner Western Force, we're going to call them this week. Um, <laughs> mate, what are you expecting from them? They've been pretty uh, handy in the first couple of weeks without actually picking up a win. Yeah, they were. I thought... But especially last week against the Reds at Suncorp where, uh, where their footy's on show in terms of a bit of dry weather footy. And um, you guys both would have saw how much they use the ball and um, go width to width and really challenge the Reds there for a lot of that game and thought we're pretty unlucky in, um, in the closing stages where they, where they just couldn't nail a couple of execution things and the Reds sort of just trampled over them just at the end. But, um, yeah, touching on again, I, I can only hope that there's going to be another, another dry game um, where, where, where we can both, both teams can showcase what they can do with the football. Obviously, last week we were really disappointing in, um, in a few areas where we didn't get to show, um, show the fans, but also prove to ourselves what we can do. And um, the review this week was, uh, was pretty harsh. 
um, on ourselves and that's what we want it to be like and uh, we know the force have come a long way obviously and sacrifice a little a fair bit for the competition in terms of um, you know leaving their families and leaving their homes so um, we know that they're coming out uh, fast in in their first two games so we're anticipating the exact same and uh, we're hopefully going to match um, their width to width and um, we're, we're ideally going to we beat them with our physicality up uh, early on and um, try to put them away early. Absolutely, mate. Well, the Western Force and the Brumbies go head-to-head on Saturday night and on Friday night, it's the Waratahs and the Rebels for the Weary Dunlop Shield there at the SCG as well. So, uh, mate, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much for chatting to us on the Fox Rugby podcast and hopefully we can see you continuing for many years to come in the game of rugby and uh, see some success with the Brumbies and hopefully the Wallabies one day too. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Rod Kafer, as well. well. Thank you, Swaney. Thanks, Tom. Go well, mate. Look forward to watching you this weekend. Thanks, guys.